episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs, and more. Help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Tides of love can get you lost at sea. Bleeders Digest, issue number 46. Deep Blue. Written by Lauren Shand. How much longer till this boat is sailable? Is that even a word? (laughs) Sailable? Yes, sailable is definitely a word. But I must say, you have come up with some crazy words in the past. Me? What? Never. I always use proper SAT words. Right. Let us not forget the word annihilation. (laughs) How did you say it? I'm pretty sure you called it annihilation. Okay, that one doesn't count. There's an H in that word. That H has no business being in there. (laughs) Yes, it does, because it's silent. (laughs) Who made you the pronunciation king? I never said I was in three weeks. Three weeks of what? If we work on the boat a few times during the week and on the weekends, I say three weeks till she is ready to sail. Promise? Because my arms are getting tired of sanding. The only thing I promise is to try to do my best to finish it by then. If there are no bumps in the road, then I think we'll meet our deadline. Shannon and Todd continued to work each week on repairing the tiny vessel. Todd's father had recently passed and he left Deep Blue to his only son. The sailboat sat in Todd's dad's garage for years. It was covered with a thick layer of dirt and dust and was in rough shape. Shannon and Todd had been married for five years and had met in high school. They often would fight but always managed to work out whatever disagreement they had. Their house was old and small and was nestled in the lush green woods. Behind the property sat a beautiful, tranquil creek. After a long day of working on the boat... They would cool off in the refreshing water. Seriously, what would we do without this creek? I know, I could not imagine not having it. It's like our own private pool, but not. Yeah, but this one is free and no maintenance. So what you're saying is that I will never get my dream pool. You already have your dream pool, baby. You're sitting in it right now. Very funny. (laughs) Come here, come sit by me on this rock. Shannon dunked her head back in the water, letting her raven black hair float in the water for a few seconds before popping back up. She carefully climbed up the rock to sit next to Todd. He pulled her in for a kiss. Shannon kissed him back and slowly pulled away. Did you ever bring her here? Bring who? Maya. Shannon, let's not go there. We had a nice day repairing the boat, and now we're here in our own private oasis. You didn't answer my question. What, did I ever bring her here? Yes, did you? No, I I never did. I never would. I don't know if I believe you. Well, you should, because it's the truth. You have to believe me that it only happened once. And I'm so sorry. Sure. I never meant to hurt you, Shannon. If I could take it back, I would. Shannon wiped the steady stream of tears off her face with her freckled arm, her black mascara running down her oval face. Shannon couldn't recover from the hurt and betrayal. 
Things were never the same after she caught him cheating. I still don't understand how you thought it was okay to sleep with another woman. I don't understand either. And it will never happen again. Ever. You're my everything. Our reason for living. You make me a better person. I'm not worthy of your love. Please forgive me. Let's move on and leave this in the past where it belongs. I can't. It's still so fresh. But I'm getting sick just talking about it, so let's go back home. It's getting late. Ah, you're right. I gotta check the smoker and see how my tri-tip is coming. I know it's your favorite. Yeah, I know it is. But I'm still upset. Shannon and Todd had a quiet dinner. They both had little to say to each other, and the silence echoed the hurt that surrounded them for the last part of the year. Shannon had become better at coping with the pain of the situation. When she first heard of Todd's infidelity, she was livid. Her anger turned her into a monster, a side she had never shown before. She flipped tables through anything in arm's reach. The walls still had the dents and marks from where Shannon had thrown furniture and the contents of the kitchen table in Todd's direction. She went places she still hasn't come back from. Time had dulled the fire inside and made the thoughts of him with another woman more tolerable. The next day, they woke up with the past in the past. They continued to work on their relationship and the boat. I can't believe this boat is almost a real, actual, floatable boat. Shan, it's always been a real, actual boat. Floatable, not so much. You know what I mean. Yes, baby. <laughs> yes, baby, I know what you mean. We have worked incredibly hard on her, and you should be proud. You were a big part of it. To be honest, you did most of the work. I just guided you. Hell yeah, I should be proud. Look at my arm muscles. They're crazy big. Yeah, they are massive. I'm thinking of competing in one of those muscle competitions. Iris Kyle better watch out. All 110 pounds of me is coming after her. Okay, you got me. Who's Iris Kyle? Am I supposed to know? She's like the most successful female bodybuilder and has something like 17 titles. And you know this why? I googled female bodybuilders after I saw my massive arm muscles to see if I had a chance at competing. So do you have a chance? Yeah, totally. But I decided I probably shouldn't compete. That wouldn't be fair to Iris. I mean, she has been working her whole life at this and I got my muscles from restoring a boat. Doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> yes, that is very commendable and thoughtful of you. Hey, do you want to go see a movie tonight? Sure, what do you want to see? I heard they're playing Donnie Darko at the Alamo downtown. Oh, because that's a film we've never seen. I sense your sarcasm and I appreciate it, but it's been a long time since we've seen it in the theater. All right, let's go see it. I know it's your favorite. Yes, thank you. You're the best wife. I know, and I'm glad you know that too. I think Erin's working there tonight, so she can probably get us in for free. God, I think she hates me. She doesn't hate you. She hates what you did to me, but... It'll be fine. I promise. Sure. We will see. And if she spits in my popcorn, your fault. Shannon and Todd got in the car and headed downtown to the theater. The streets were decorated with strings of warm white lights that hung above. They gave the dark streets a summery glow. It's been so long since we've been here. It has. The city did a great job decorating all the streets. Look at that. Yeah, the lights are beautiful. Look, there's Aaron. The couple walk up to the booth outside the theater. Hey, stranger. It's so good to see you. I know. It's been forever since I've been down here. The only place I've been recently is the hardware store. Hardware store? Why the hardware store? Yeah, I know. Random. We've been restoring Todd's dad's boat. I didn't know you knew anything about restoring a boat. Well, I don't, but Todd has been guiding me. No, oh, whatever. She's been doing great. She's a natural. And how about you, Aaron? It's so good to see you. It's been forever. Right. 
Todd whispers in Shannon's ear. I told you she hates me. She won't even say hi back. Aaron, will you excuse me? Shannon and Todd step off to the side to have a side conversation. Aaron watches through the booth with concern and curiosity. It's not my fault if she thinks you're the scum of the earth for cheating. Not everyone is going to be as forgiving as I am. Yeah, fine, but she's just being fucking rude. Well, that's your fault. If you hadn't hooked up with Maya, my friends would be nicer to you. They slowly walked back to the booth. Sorry, Aaron. Aaron motioned to Shannon to come closer to the booth. Aaron leaned into the glass to hear what she had to say. She turned to Todd to tell him, one second. He shrugged his shoulders and tried to listen to what Aaron was saying from a distance. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. I'm okay. They say something about how time heals. What do they say? Yeah, I'm not sure what they say, but are you all right? It's just everything you went through and how broken you were. I just want you to know that I'm here for you if you need anything at all. Thank you for being so concerned. It's really sweet, but you don't have to worry. I've been doing much better. We've been working through it, and this boat repair has been a huge distraction. We're going to take her out on the water for a trip to the Golden Cove. We're going to be gone for a month. Wow. When are you leaving? Friday afternoon. Friday? That's so soon. Yeah, you should come by and check it out. Yeah, you really should come by and see it. Thanks for the invite. Maybe I will. The movie's about to start, so you should head on in. Thank you. Do I need tickets or anything? Nah, just go ahead. You'll be fine. Todd, come on. It's starting. Todd walked over and headed into the theater. Aaron, thank you so much for this. I'll never forget it. I'm even wearing my stupid man suit. 2806-4212! Yes, thank you so much. Sure. Enjoy. More of Bleeder's Digest, issue number 46, Deep Blue, after this. After the movie, they headed home and went to bed. They wanted to get up early to work on the boat. Before they knew it, it was Friday morning. Shannon, do you know that the truck has gas? I filled it yesterday. I love you, you know that? Wow, I get some 89 in the truck and you're proclaiming your love for me. <laughs> yes! That was easy. Yes! And for being you, would you come help me get the fishing poles from the garage? Of course. Our two lovebirds finished up their packing and headed out to the marina with deep blue trailing behind their sapphire blue pickup truck. When they arrived at the slip, the gray, thick clouds had rolled in. Shannon backed the truck up and slowly went down the ramp. They had some issues getting the boat off the trailer. After some help from some observers, Deep Blue was kissing the salty water. Todd secured the boat to the slip and prepared the ship for sea. That was so nice of those strangers to help get the boat in the water. Oh, yeah, no, it totally was. But I think we could have handled it on our own, right? Yeah, I know, but it's always nice to get the extra help. Well, I'm going to go down to the galley and make some sandwiches before we leave. I'm going to stay up here and people watch for a bit. You and your people watching. Sea people are the best people to watch. Yeah, okay. As Shannon sat in the captain's chair putting sunscreen on, an older gentleman noticed her from the deck. Smart. Excuse me? It's smart to put on sunscreen lotion, even when it's cloudy. Yeah, I don't want to end up with skin cancer. Once that sun burns off the clouds, it's going to be SPF 70 time. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to get that boat in the water. Oh, yeah, you saw that? Yeah, it was good all those people came out to help. I know, I feel so lucky. (laughs) So you're sailing the boat by yourself? How long have you been sailing? Oh, no, you're funny. I know a little about sailing, but not well enough to venture to the places we're off to. When I say we, I mean my husband. He's down in the galley making us lunch before we depart. Sorry, I thought you were alone. Actually, I should go check on him. He probably needs my help. Well, enjoy the lunch and stay safe out there. 
You too. Shannon and Todd ate their lunch and headed out on the ocean. They had been at sea for a few days, and the water had been rough and choppy, but nothing these two couldn't handle. Babe, you look tired. Why don't you go to bed? I should. I haven't been sleeping well. I keep having these horrible dreams. About eating too much fish? Yeah, I've been having those too. Maybe it's all the mercury. If you start seeing mermaids like those dudes in the lighthouse, I'll let you know, okay? It's not about fish. What's it about? I don't want to talk about it right now. They seem so realistic. It's okay, you don't have to. I'm gonna go to bed. That's a good idea, Shan. I'll be down soon. I'm gonna drop anchor in a few miles and then head to bed. Good night. Love you. Night. Shannon crawled into bed. Her sun-kissed skin felt tight, unfamiliar. The rocking of the boat put her to sleep swiftly. After a few hours, her eyes were rapidly moving. They were tucked behind her pale, thin eyelids. Small beads of sweat appeared on her forehead and hands, her arms moving left and right, pounding on the satin sheets. She couldn't escape the vision of Todd's dead body stuck in a stream of water, stuck in a bed of branches and twigs. As she moved closer to his body, she noticed the left side of his face was covered with blood. The top of his head was exposed, with parts of his gray, squishy brain showing. The buzz of the flies landing on his chipped skull was nauseating. His eye sockets were swollen and looked like they were retaining water. His lids were stuck open, but all you could see was the whites of his eyes. Todd was awoken to Shannon's erratic movements in bed. Oh, oh, Shannon, wake up. You're having a bad dream. Shannon. Todd gently pushed on Shannon to wake her up. She continued to dream and make whimpering sounds. After shaking her for a few seconds, she shot up out of bed, breathless. Shan, you were having another nightmare. Holy shit. I know. It was horrible. Come here. Shannon sat back in bed, and Todd hugged her and softly rubbed her back to comfort her. Are you ready to tell me what these nightmares are about? I'm afraid to tell you, because what if I tell you and it comes true? That is not how nightmares work. You don't just say them out loud and they become real. Are you sure? Oh, yes, I am sure. Oh. Shannon breathes out the hot air she was holding in and feels better and ready to talk. I keep having the same nightmare over and over and I don't know how to stop the cycle. It always starts the same. We're in the creek behind our house and we're having so much fun. I'm happy and smiling And then I realize you aren't with me. And in the distance, I see you sitting by some logs and tree branches. The closer I get, the more I realize something is wrong. I call out your name, and and you don't answer. The closer I walk towards you, the more sick I get until I'm standing right in front of you. You're sitting, pinned between two large rocks in the creek. The water is rushing and going all different directions around your limp body. When I get close to you, I look up and see two large black crows flying in the sky. When I look back down, you're dead, and it looks like you've been dead for quite some time. There's a giant gaping hole in your head and you're bleeding. Someone murdered you and I am so angry and I start screaming and crying. Baby, I'm right right here with you. I'm okay, look! My head doesn't have a hole through it. I might be a little vapid, but come on. I know. But it seems so real. Well, it's not. It's probably the sea that is playing tricks on you. You're fond of me, lobster. (laughs) We've been out on the water for weeks now. 
How close are we to the marina? We're really close. We should be there in the next couple of days. Oh, thank goodness. I feel like I'm losing my mind. And I want to be on land again. I know, me too. I'm, I'm tired of being out here. We need to refill the gas tanks and get some more supplies before we head to our next stop. It's going to be okay. The next night, Shannon fell into a deep sleep. Even though she was afraid of what she may see in her sleep, she couldn't fight the rocking motion. The dream started as it always did. Todd and Shannon were swimming in the creek behind their house, and all of a sudden, he wasn't there, and she was alone in the water. She notices Todd's body to the right. When she gets closer, she sees the black crows flying above. She sees Todd's dead body, but now it looks even more decayed. It appears as though the birds have picked apart his rotting flesh. She places her hand on his face, and his blood starts pouring out and appears all over her hands and fingers. She bends down to the water to wash it off, but the blood stains her hands and won't dissipate. She stands up and notices a woman to the left of her in the distance. The woman is holding a heavy boulder above her head and has a red bow at the top of her hair. Shannon yells to the woman, Did you do this? Did you kill my Todd? The lady, in a slow motion, moves her head up and down. The woman starts running towards Shannon until they are face to face. Shannon recognizes the other woman and begins to scream. Todd can hear Shannon screaming again and runs to wake her up. Shannon's screams are so loud, she wakes herself up. Ah, baby, are you okay? Holy swore. Fuck me. It was horrible. These nightmares are getting worse and worse. They're just dreams, Shan. Let's go upstairs and get you some fresh night air. It's just, it'll be good for you. Grab the lantern on your nightstand and bring it with you. Is the all-around light not bright enough for you? I need as much light as possible. It's dark in the middle of the ocean at night. That's creepy. All right, scaredy cat, I'll bring the lantern. Shannon and Todd made their way up to the deck and sat down. Do you ever wonder what kind of creatures exist in the ocean that we don't know about? Sometimes. Aw, come closer and give me a hug. You're going to be fine. Shannon moved closer to Todd. He turned to give her a hug, and as her arms outstretched, he noticed something. What the fuck's on your hands? What do you mean? Shannon's hands are dripping with bright red blood. Oh, is that blood? Holy shit, it looks like blood. Am I bleeding? Todd brightens the lantern, looking at Shannon from head to toe. Oh, there is blood everywhere. Go, go to the stern and reach your hands in the water so I can take a closer look. I'm, I'm going to go grab a flashlight and the first aid kit from the cabin. Okay, hurry. Shannon dipped her hands in the ice-cold ocean water. She aggressively tried to scrub all the blood off her bony hands. In the distance, she saw a light heading in her direction. As it got closer, she noticed it was another boat. A voice on a speaker called out to her. This is Port Police. Put your hands up where I can see them. Shannon slowly puts her hands up in confusion. She calls down to Todd. Todd, come up here. The nautical police pull right up to their boat. Are you Shannon McNally? Yes, I am. What is this about? My husband Todd and I are on vacation sailing. He's down in the cabin getting me a first aid kit for a cut. You are under arrest for the murder of Todd McNally. What are you talking about? You're confused. Todd is here with me right now on this boat. Todd, come up here. Come show them you're okay. This is really ridiculous. You're going to be embarrassed when he comes up here. A policeman and woman board the McNally boat. Liz, go look in the cabin and see who is here with her. I thought she killed him on her own, but maybe there is an accomplice. 
Be careful down there. I will. Liz goes down into the cabin as the other officer gets closer to Shannon with his gun drawn. He takes a closer look at her. Is that blood? I told you, I cut myself and Todd was getting me a first aid kit. You sure that's your blood? Sean, there's nothing down there except a stack of divorce papers. She is the only one on this boat. Shannon McNally, you are under arrest for the murder of Todd McNally. What are you talking about? I swear, he's here. He's not here, ma'am. His body was found in the creek behind your house. Your DNA was all over it. And we found some pieces of red ribbon. Looks a lot like that torn bow you have on your head, in fact. I found the rock on the starboard side. It still has the victim's blood on it. I suppose you were so angry that you caught him cheating that you snapped and killed him. How does that theory float your boat? Well, if I can't have him, the devil can. Deep Blue. Written by Lauren Shand. Narrated by Brooke Chalmers. Featuring Addison Peacock as Shannon. Trevor Shand as Todd. Lauren Shand as Aaron. Stephen Knowles as Taylor. Stephen Knowles and Megan Holliday as the police officers. Engineering production and sound design by Lauren Shand. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.